Hello, everyone. Good morning, afternoon.、Um, I don't know what time of the day it is when you're listening to this, but welcome back to Q Kind of. If you are new here, hello, hi. My name is Layla, and welcome to my beauty and lifestyle podcast. So, I have been wanting to do this episode for a while. Um, which is basically, I just want to review all the sunscreens I have. I've been trying to grow my sunscreen collection, and this episode has been sitting in my, like, my planning section, like in the planning phase. And I saw a reel the other day from Naked Beauty Podcast or Brooke DeVard, and she was interviewing someone or asking like, a dermatologist what the best sunscreens to try are for summer. And... The person she asked recommended the cause sunscreen, which is like a mineral sunscreen. The way it's tinted, it's good for people who have darker complexions. And then the person also, rec- the person was a dermatologist. The dermatologist also recommended the natrium, na- natrium sunscreen, the dewy glow sunscreen you can get from, what is it, Target? <laughs> okay, so off tangent randomly, but do you guys like, did you guys hear about the natrium? I wouldn't say scandal, but saga with like Susan Yara. Do you guys like remember that? I kind of understood why people are upset, but basically what happened <laughs> was Susan Yara, she runs a YouTube channel. I don't follow it, so like I don't really know. You know, I always have an issue. Okay, sorry, I'm going off on like five different tangents. Like my brain wants to like touch on everything right now.、Um, but basically, she runs this YouTube channel. I can't remember the name of it, but basically, what she'll do is she'll like react to people's like skincare routines. And the only like, qualification she has, I believe, is that she's a beauty reporter. Which, I mean, granted, beauty reporters are extremely knowledgeable about their subject, but still, at the end of the day, like, like nobody's got your skincare routine like your personal dermatologist or like you, you know what I'm saying? So, she does those kinds of videos, and then she does like a lot of product reviews, and a lot of her videos are pretty high production. Like, this was a big deal in the skincare community several years ago. She talked about Natrium, the brand I just mentioned, and she recommended them in like monthly favorites episode or something like that. Or, like, she was recommending products, she mentioned this Natrium product, right? Then, several months after that video, she posted a video about her new brand, and her new brand was Natrium. She was a co founder of the brand Natrium, and a lot of people were really confused. She didn't give any transparency when she recommended the product, like, for you months prior. And so people are like, yo, like, what's up with this? Like, what does, because it didn't make sense, right? She's saying she's a founder of the brand. I believe she's a co founder. And she's, like, she recommended it. And then she's, like, coming on and saying, like, she's a co founder. That was so strange to me. And so she got flamed. She got flamed on God's internet. She made an apology video, but, like, I don't know. It was just a really weird situation because I was just like, if this was a brand you have founded, you need to be transparent about that. Like, because she basically made it seem like it was like a random product, but it was so strange. Like, the entire situation was so strange because she never mentioned. I'm pretty sure on her launch video about the product that she, Latrium product she recommended earlier. Overall, strange situation. I don't watch any of her videos, but it's not as if like Natrium isn't doing well because their products do very, very well at Target. But 
that was just the random tangent I wanted to go on about that. But basically, where was I? I was talking about sunscreens. Okay, so like, yeah. So the other sunscreen the dermatologist recommended was the Natrium Dewy Skin Sunscreen. And I'm interested. I might buy it. Who knows? I haven't touched a Natrium product after that entire debacle. So I, <laughs> that entire situation was so, like, the entire timeline of that happening up until, like, and now, like, remembering it. It was so just like, like all of this could have been avoided. It was so strange. It was so weird. Um, but yeah, so today I'm going to be doing a sunscreen roundup. I have about like six, seven-ish, well, six sunscreens I want to talk about. I have three mineral ones and three chemical ones, which I will talk about. Um, before then, I wanted to talk about something else. So if you guys don't know this, I'm an avid journaler. So I have, I like the idea of journaling. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you would know that like a must do every single day for me is that I journal on my day one app. I do like morning pages and basically I don't do it the normal way people say to do morning pages, which is basically like you get a notebook and you do three pages nonstop of stream of consciousness writing, which basically means like whatever you're thinking in your head, you're putting down on a paper. So you do that for like three pages straight. Um, I don't do that because it seems like a lot to me. So I just use my day one app. And before I used to do like 750 words, which is equivalent to three pages, I would say. Maybe, I don't know. Shoot for 750 words, typing. That's too much to write with my hand, honestly. Then I switched over to doing more like question. No, then I switched over to doing like a timer. So I would just write for 20 minutes straight. And then I switched over to doing just like questions. Um, I did the future self journaling from the holistic psychologist for a while on recommendation from Jen M. I also just find a bunch of prompts on Pinterest or Tumblr and I'll do those. But I don't know what happened like several months ago, but like I think in April, let me see. I think in April, yeah, early April, I had the urge to start handwritten journaling. Is that right? Is that the right way to say that? Like I had the urge to start a handwritten journal. There we go. And so I bought a journal randomly off of Amazon. This is the Lifetime 1917 in like the lilac lavender color. Now, like I said, I'm an avid journaler. However, if you've been following me for a very, very long time, you would know that I used to bullet journal and that was the way I like planned everything five, six years. When I graduated college, I decided to, I didn't really want to do the bullet journal anymore because the reason why I did the bullet journal is because I had stuff to fill in. Like I didn't need that much of a structure or that much space to come up with stuff. I switched over to the Hobonichi, blah, 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 blah. But back to the journal, <laughs> back to the journal. So, but Lifetime 1917 A5 dotted journals are my go-to. I have like a stack of these in my closet from I would say 2016 up until like 2020. And I sometimes would go through like two journals per year. So yeah, so I decided to pick this back up again, except I use it as a daily journal now. So every morning when I get my coffee, I sit down and I just write one page of the journal. I don't know why I felt like doing that. I just felt like handwriting or hand scripting. But one of the things I also do with it is obviously I write down the date, but then I write the time I start journaling and then the time I finish journaling. It's really interesting. Usually in my pages, it takes me about 20 minutes to write one page. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, 
<laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous because it's like, however, like, I just like to sit there and like write, like really slowly write and think about like what I'm writing and reflect on what I'm writing. But yeah, I just really want to talk about that because I feel like when I started this, I was on hiatus, so I didn't have the opportunity to talk about this. So yeah, daily journaling. All right, now on to the episode. So like I said earlier, I just wanted to talk about my sunscreen collection. Now, before we get started on that, I wanted to touch on some different sunscreen definitions or terminology, um, just so you guys aren't confused. And basically, it's a really good refresher because I had to like look the stuff up again to remember but basically there's two types of sunscreens. There's the chemical sunscreen. These are the sunscreens that absorb UV rays and then converts them into heat and shoots them back out. Then there's the physical or mineral sunscreen. When I say physical or mineral, they're the same thing. Um, but going forward, I'm just gonna refer to it as physical. Physical sunscreens sit on top of your skin and reject UV rays. These leave a white cast, hence they're not really popular. Um, but they're good for people with sensitive skin or if you've gone through any like skincare treatment. A lot of people believe like chemical sunscreens are really, really bad. And granted, I can see why. They tend to have better protection and are more water resistant and sweat resistant out of the two types of sunscreens. And they're good for going to the pool and for workouts and everyday wear. Physical sunscreens, like I said, are more for sensitive skin if you have acne prone and they're just better for the environment in general. I would actually wear like a mineral sunscreen to the beach. Now, if you look on a sunscreen bottle, let's see if I have one that I can point out. But if you look on a sunscreen bottle, sometimes they'll have something, they'll have the SPF and then they'll have something called PA. So going first PA system, so if you see like PA++ or plus 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 or whatever, this is based off of the PDD system from Japan, which measures UV rays based on skin darkening. On the other hand, SPF only measures UVB rays. Both can lead to premature aging or melanoma. If your product is labeled as broad spectrum, that means it offers UVA and UVB protection. Make sure when you're buying a sunscreen, it says broad spectrum, okay? <laughs> I'm pretty sure majority of sunscreens, 99% of the sunscreens you see at the market probably are broad spectrum, but it's good to know. But yeah, that's just the basic sunscreen terminology I wanted to touch on. Now, moving into the sunscreens, we're gonna start with my physical sunscreens first. Um, the very first one I've definitely talked about, but I don't know how in depth I talked about this. This is the Elta MDUV Physical Broad Spectrum SPF 41. This is a very popular sunscreen and it's labeled for extra sensitive or post-procedure skin. I'm sorry, I have like a retainer in which I need to wear for my TMJ treatment, so that's why my I have like a lisp of sorts, but it's a good sunscreen. I personally don't like physical sunscreens because they leave a white cast and I don't like how they sit on the skin, but this is a good sunscreen. It has kind of like a mousse-like texture and it blends in pretty well. In general, however, I don't like mineral sunscreens because I'm darker skin. Did I say mineral? Listen, okay, I'm gonna say mineral. Okay, we're changing it. I know I said I'm gonna like refer to mineral physical sunscreens as just physical. I'm changing it, we're gonna be referring to it as mineral. But I don't like using mineral sunscreens because I am darker skins. So 
Every mineral sunscreen I use will leave some sort of white cast regardless of what they say. And a lot of these sunscreens actually are tinted, so it minimizes the white cast. But the thing about it is when the tint is off and you apply it, regardless of the tint in these mineral sunscreens, they can end up making your skin look kind of grayish, which I don't really like at all. And if you're familiar with like traditional BB creams, like I'm not talking the ones like made in the US, I'm talking about the ones from Asia. Those kind of had like that grayish tint, if you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people with mineral sunscreens think the tinting offers some sort of like a foundation-like or like a tinted moisturizer-like coverage, but that's not what it is. I'm not talking about BB creams and CC creams, but I can definitely see a couple of these mineral sunscreens that are tinted can offer a little bit of like even toning of the skin, but the reason why they are tinted isn't for like coverage or evening out, evening out skin tone. It's mainly just to offset the white cast. Sunscreens kind of like tinted moisturizers, but I don't really consider them that. You're better off like using using this underneath and applying on a foundation or like wearing a tinted moisturizer underneath and then applying this on top. But I just wanted to make that clear because I think a lot of people think that. But yeah, that was just a random tangent I had to go about mineral sunscreens. But the next sunscreen I have is the MD Solar Mineral Tinted Cream, SPF 30. This is another lightly tinted uh, mineral sunscreen. I love the texture of this. It applies very smoothly and it has like a really nice scent and soft matte finish. It is nice comparing the two, like the Elta one I just talked about. I feel like the Elta one just sits better on the skin, but the MD Solar applies a lot better. With the MD Solar, it's super thin formula. So even with the tint, sometimes it will settle in like lines and it'll, it will look like noticeable. That's another problem I have with like tinted moisturizers and tinted mineral sunscreens, but that's just that. Granted, both good sunscreens. Next is my favorite mineral sunscreen because I just like the innovation behind it and it's definitely one probably be repurchasing for a really long time. This is the Color Science Sun Forgettable Brush on Shield SPF 50. Now I've definitely talked about this before but basically it's literally a brush on sunscreen. It looks like a face powder and it applies to the skin like a face powder. It's easy to use because the bottle has like a brush applicator, it's attached. So the way you get the sunscreen out is tapping, tapping the back and it will push the powder product onto the brush and then you can apply it with the brush. I just like that. I think it's a really smart idea and it's easy to use. And if you're someone who's very adamant about reapplying sunscreen throughout the day, I think this is a really good option, If you, especially if you wear makeup, but yeah, I don't use it often because like I said, I prefer a chemical sunscreen, but these are the three mineral ones I just have in my collection. Oh my God, I'm getting tired from talking. See, like this is my issue. Sorry, random tangent. This is my issue. Like I'll get really excited and I'll just use all my energy in the first like 50% of the episode. And then towards the end, I'm just like, I'm so exhausted. I don't think I can make it. Oh my God. And I just need to drink some water. <laughs> like literally that's my issue. But yeah, those are my mineral sunscreens. Um, moving on, we're gonna go into my chemical sunscreens. So the very first one I have is the Innisfree Daily UV Defense Sunscreen. However, this is um, Broad Spectrum 36. Now this is a very popular sunscreen 
from the Korean brand Innisfree. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Innisfree recently went through like a rebrand and everybody agrees that they hate it. Like everybody loves the original Innisfree branding. They changed it to like look, I don't even, I can't even explain it. Like you have to type in Innisfree rebrand on Google to see what I'm talking about, but everybody agrees, they hate it, right? The original Innisfree branding is phenomenal. But anyways, back to the sunscreen. This is a good sunscreen and it applies really nicely and leaves like a nice glow. However, this is a product or sunscreen that did clog my pores, which sucks. Like my skin was, like I was getting clogged pores, but I was getting some like acne patches over my skin. My sister was too. So it's not a really good sunscreen if you're acne prone or clogged skin prone, but I think this is a great entry level sunscreen for anyone who doesn't have those problems. Just because, I, I have to say this, but just because I'm acne prone and clogged skin prone or whatever, then that doesn't mean if you are just like oily skin or normal skin, then this won't work for you. But this is a good entry level sunscreen, I would say. It just stinks that it did clog my pores because I am acne prone. I do have acne prone skin. Next, the one I use daily is a Neutrogena Hydro Boost Water Gel Lotion in SPF 50. This is literally chef's kiss. This is my favorite sunscreen. I've been using it for years. It's super refreshing application. It gives a nice hydrated glow. It's not greasy for me at all. It's a very lovely sunscreen and I highly recommend it. Um, the only thing about this is, first of all, the cap can get kind of messy because the formulation is kind of thin. Product would have been way better in like a pump or like an upright tube because the tube is at the bottom basically. And the formulation is kind of thin, so it kind of gets messy. Um, it's okay. Another thing about this is I never noticed it. I follow a makeup chemist on TikTok and I'll see their videos once in a while. And they basically said like, this is a great sunscreen. However, don't wear it underneath makeup because it will peel. Um, granted, I don't wear this underneath makeup. I, use, I have other sunscreens I use underneath makeup. But yeah, this is my favorite daily go-to sunscreen. Next, well, I use a Hydro Boost daily for special occasions. I've been loving this sunscreen. Um, the only reason I use it on special occasions is because it's kind of expensive. However, I love it. This is the Shiseido Ultimate Sun Protector Lotion. My friend Lily, I'll link her channel slash info below, so definitely follow her. She recommended um, a Shiseido sunscreen a couple years ago, and I always remembered it, but I think they changed the formulation, or this might be a different one, but the one she recommended was white. This one is, um, is more of like a transparent orange, but I really want to try a Shiseido sunscreen because I hear they're really good. And I'm obsessed with it. It says it's a lotion and lotions in Japan mean something different than what they do here. Lotions in Japan are a lot more thinner. They can range from like more of an essence type or more of a serum, serum-y type product. While here we think of it as like our Nivea or what have you. But I would definitely describe this product's texture as a dry touch serum oil product almost like the Glossier Future Dew, except this is way lighter in comparison. Basically, I remember when I tried it for the first time, I was instantly obsessed with it. The only thing I would say is that it's um kind of small, 
but I don't think you need to apply a lot. I let you read some of the reviews on different products before I talk about them because I think a lot of times it will give me insight of like what people are trying to find with a product or where the product fell flat. I'm um, granted, okay, fifth tangent of this episode. I was on Sephora and so like I'll go on Sephora and just look at the reviews on products, right? Now, one third of the product reviews are great. They give me information I need to know about the product. But there's the other two thirds of the product reviews are either A, they didn't use the product correctly at all. They didn't follow the instructions. And granted, I understand like a mascara, I understand a mascara is pretty like intuitive. Like people know how to use a mascara. But then there's people in the comments, in the review section, like, they're like, why is it wrapping around my eyelashes like this? And it's like, this is a tubing mascara. That's what you bought. Listen, this is the other one I think is astounding. I think this is absolutely astounding. When people leave reviews saying, I got the product, I haven't tried it yet. And then they leave like a one star review. And I'm just like, this does not help anybody. Like no one's being helped with this. Anyways. Yeah, but the reviews on the Shiseido one made sense. Like what was being said. A lot of people said it was greasy. It was fine for me. Um, some people said that the sunscreen made them break out. Makes sense. A lot of these sunscreens have like extra ingredients in them. But the last sunscreen I wanted to talk about is the Supergoop Unseen Sunscreen FPF 40. I use it underneath my makeup. This one is pretty good. I think I've talked about it before. I would best describe the formula or the texture like a soft matte gel. So if you try like oil control gel face primers, like the very like heavy mattifying, not the heavy, but the mattifying silicone primers, like the Marc Jacobs coconut face primer, it's like that texture. But this one blends in a lot more smoothly and is absolutely undetectable on the skin. I don't like the texture that much and how it feels on the skin, mainly because I'm not a big fan of like those silicone-esque products. But I do apply as little as possible and do use this underneath my makeup because I do think it's like a good like good sunscreen or good product to use underneath your makeup. Um, granted, I saw a lot of reviews on this, like people complaining about the silicone, which I think is the most important thing about this product if you're going to buy it, because it's not like a very traditional sunscreen. But if you're looking for something that's undetectable on the skin, this is the way to go. That's all my sunscreens. The last thing, okay, so I haven't tried this, but I want to talk about it. Because if I talk about it, then I'll remember to review it later on. I haven't used this yet. I got this in New York when I visited Sunrise Mart. It was about like $20, but this is the Nivea UV Super Water Gel. This is PA++++. Another thing about the PA system is that it doesn't translate internationally, so every country has a different standards per PA. But this one's from Japan, and I really wanted to try this. This is their Super Water Gel SPF 50. I'm very excited. I got this. I see this all the time on like um, Yes Style and like other Asian beauty sites, but I feel like nobody ever talks about this, so I don't actually know if it's good or not. Granted, I think people talk about this, I just haven't seen the people talking. So yeah, that's that. Um, oh, I almost dropped my AirPods. That would have been bad. Oh, seventh tangent of in this episode. So I got one of the broken AirPods from Apple where like the left or right AirPod like has static. So now I can't use the no noise control and I can't use the transparencies filter on the AirPods. And I passed the date for like the time you could get it replaced. So now, yeah, I can't get the full AirPods experience anymore. It makes me really sad. But now I want AirPod Maxes. Are they just called Air Maxes? 
I don't know. I want those now. I'm putting it out into the universe. Um, but, oh my god, I should have, like, scent tested all these for you. We're gonna do that right now. Okay, so Neutrogena Hydro Boost. I would say it has a pretty fragrance. Like, it has a nice fragrance. It isn't, like, overly that sunscreen scent. I actually love the sunscreen scent, so. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Innisfree one smells... It doesn't really have a scent, but it definitely does have this, like... Okay, this is gonna sound really weird, but the scent reminds me of Tums, like, the heartburn, like, tablets. Like, it has a very faint Tums smell, but it's not, like, gross. It actually smells... It smells pleasant, but that's the best way I can describe the scent. Um, the Supergoop Unseen Sunscreen. Um, scentless, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty much scentless, I would say, but I gotta rub it in just to get the full effect. It's pretty much scentless, I would say. For Shiseido, so I don't know if you hear that, but basically there's um, a little ball in the packaging, so it helps like when you shake it, break up the product a lot easier. I don't know, very random, but I really like that. Okay, so I applied serum, let's see. This has like a slight like orangey, orange blossom scent. It smells really nice. Okay, Altamd. Do you ever like smell a product or try to smell a product and you shove the applicator too close to your nose? <laughs> I do that all the time. And the Alto MD one is practically like scentless. MD Solar. Wait, no, MD Solar Sciences, sorry. This, okay, so the MD Solar Sciences one smells, it doesn't really have a scent, but it has a slight earthy scent to it. It doesn't necessarily smell bad, but it's, but in comparison to all the other scents, it's not the best. Okay, and then the Color Science one, Granted, this doesn't have a scent either. The only problem with this is sometimes it's difficult. Like, I never actually know if I get the product out. This one is scentless as well. Um, okay. So I'm done with that. Alright, guys. I guess we'll wrap up the show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I helped your sunscreen... I helped you in your sunscreen journey as much as I could. But basically, if you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us on Instagram at QKindOfPodcast. Please follow the podcast on Spotify if you listen on Spotify. When you follow me, my I get perks, and it makes me happy. But basically, thank you so much. I know this is my second episode back. I actually uploaded my newest episode today. It went up this morning, and I, like, I'm like i starting to record on Fridays now. But I also already got so much love from everybody when I returned to my Instagram. Please check out my Instagram. I like redid the entire theme. It's going to be super, super fun. And I realized it's not really going to stick, like, strictly purple. I I looked at my, like, feed the other day, and it's going to, like, it's not going to stick strictly purple. It's actually just got to transition in colors throughout. I don't know what happened. When I recorded that episode, my Instagram feed wasn't completely done yet. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a new thing. But, yeah, I'm going to get back on my makeup reel grind. I know a lot of you guys love those videos, so I'm definitely going to do that. Um, but, yeah, that is basically it. I've been recording for 42 minutes. I'm pretty sure I'm going to cut this down in, like, 15 minutes. But, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I upload on Fridays. I'm always on Instagram nowadays. I, like, get on Instagram when my posts go up, which is around, like, 1 p.m. EST. So if you're ever trying to talk to me or wanna want me to comment back to you, please head over at that time. I'll be happy to chat with you guys. I'm gonna go through my DMs and my emails. I have a bunch to get through, but thank you so much again for all the love, for welcoming me back. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Bye!